Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 258, and today I'm going to be sharing a story with you, a product discovery story, plus I'm going to give you four questions to ask yourself that will help you discover products. I know this is a big thing for a lot of people, and you get stuck And you start thinking to yourself, like, all the products out there have been taken, and there's no way that I can find a product. And I want to share with you today a little story, because I think it will help you understand that even if you don't have a product that's 100% a home run or a huge success, that you're going to learn and you're going to grow from these, these different experiences that you have. All right. And that's really what I want you to take away. And like I said, I've got a couple of stories actually that I want to share with you, my personal stories and how you can see how you can just discover these by things you might already have in front of you that you don't even know are there or you're not paying attention to. All right. So I want to share that with you before we jump into that. I did want to remind you, depending on when you're listening to this, We are having a live event coming up in November. That's 2016, November 5th and 6th. We're calling it TAS Breakthrough Live. It's going to be in Phoenix, Arizona. Again, that's the 5th and the 6th of November. It's going to be at a beautiful resort, and we're having two days. The first day is going to be where we're going to have 30 Amazon sellers where we're going to come together. We're going to have 10 hot seats, so 30 people there, but only 10 hot seats. Everyone in the room, though, will be able to add to the conversation to help these 10 businesses, but then help everyone because some of these situations and a lot of gold comes from these conversations because if someone's having a problem, there's usually a lot of other people having similar problems and it's really awesome to be able to work through these together and break through these. That's why we call it TAS Breakthrough Live. And the last one we had was a total success. So we are going to do it again and that's day one, all right? Now, day two is going to be a little bit different, a little bit more advanced, a little bit next level. You can either come to one day or two days, uh, it's totally up to you. But the second day is really going to be about how to build your business outside of Amazon, how to drive traffic, how to build a sales funnel. What is a sales funnel? How to go out and create your own channel. So this way here, if something happens to your Amazon channel, it's not the end of the world. It's allowing you to build your own platform. And that's what day two is going to be. We're going to be actually taking you through some live examples. We're going to actually allow 20 people in that room that day. So day one is going to be 30 people. The second day will be 20 people. We're keeping it small because we want to really make this as like a workshop would be, right? Where we're able to have everyone contribute, but then also be able to walk through step by step and really take your business and map it all out. And as we map it out, it's really going to connect all the dots. And when you leave, you'll be able to create your own sales funnel. Maybe not even one. It might be two or three because there's multiple ones that we can create. And we're going to show you and demo them exactly how that works. So we're going to be answering any questions, but we're really going to be showing you exactly what to do. So that's going to be really, really fun. So if you want information about that, or if you want to see if there's any tickets still available, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash live. Again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash live. And uh, you can see if there's any tickets available. If not, you can get on the wait list. And if there's a cancellation, we'll let you know, or we'll let you know of the next event when we have it. This is going to be totally limited, but it's going to be totally awesome. So if you can make it, I think you should. And uh, if you want to be around like-minded people and really geek out about this stuff, that's the place to be. All right. So Uh, What are we going to talk about today? Well, we are going to talk about, like I said in the beginning, product discovery. A lot of people want to know, like even if you're not just starting, let's say that you've already started, but you struggled with product.
product one or two, or maybe you just want to add another product. Um, I want to kind of go through some of these things that you might not even be aware of. So this way here, you can really, uh, you know, see these opportunities when they're in front of you. So I kind of wanted to start though with a story. Okay. And that story is really going way back. Uh, we're, we're talking probably close to 10 years now when, uh, I wasn't really doing much online. This was kind of like my first go around with selling like not a digital, well, it was a digital product. It was a digital slash physical product. It was actually on CD. Then we went to DVD and you guys might've heard me talk a little bit about this was me selling these garage band loops. Now, if you have never heard of garage band, it's an app for uh, the Mac and it comes preloaded on your computer. And I, for those of you that don't know, I am totally into guitars and drums and music in general. Just, uh, you know, I've recorded before, I've been in bands, that type of stuff, had the long hair, the whole thing. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, and so as I was starting to figure out this whole recording thing, GarageBand was part of it. I was also seeing that there was there was different things I needed inside of that. You could you could create plugins for that where you could have different sound effects, or you could have these things they call loops. And these loops are something like a very short little snippet of a beat or a guitar riff or whatever. And then you can just keep extending that over and it'll just keep looping, but it'll actually make music. And it's kind of hard to explain, but it's really a big piece of the recording industry nowadays, not just GarageBand. GarageBand is more for the novice, but there are really, there's like Pro Tools, there's one call that's a really high level one that, you know, major recording studios use, but they all use loops. Like, you know, rappers use loops, even, uh, you know, regular bands use loops for mixing and for engineering, uh, you know, if they want like layered tracks and all that stuff, right? But not to bore you with all that stuff, but I was pretty much geeking out back then about it. And I seen that I was wanting more loops. I wanted these, these music loops so I could create more backing tracks for my guitar. Uh, so that's what I was looking for. And as I was looking for these, I'm like, you know, I could probably make some of these, record them, put them on a DVD because that's what I was doing. I was buying and other people's loops that they were making. And I'm like, I could do this. So let me go ahead and give it a try. So long story short on that is I went ahead, I locked myself in a room for like three days, maybe longer. And uh, I just basically said, I'm going to record a thousand loops. Cause that's usually what people were selling was 500 to a thousand loops. And they were just all various, you know, different types of loops. It could have been a guitar loop. It could have been a drum loop. It could have been uh, a piano loop. It could have been acoustic guitar, electric guitar. It could have been a synthesizer. It could have been whatever. Right? So I went ahead and I just I hunkered down and I said, I'm going to get this thing done. And I did. And then I started selling them on eBay. Okay. And I started selling them on eBay. And back then you could sell digital downloads. Okay. So I was just selling these digitally and I was selling them. I think at the time I started at like $29.97. Cause that was the going price. And then I might've went I played around with maybe like 1997 and then 2497. Um, but I, I think we ended up selling like at a regular clip between 2597 and 2997. So again, being introduced to this whole like kind of like digital world, I was like, holy crap, this is crazy, right? And it lasted for about six months and then eBay came out and said, we're no longer going to offer digital downloads. And I'm like, okay, uh, now what? Well, you have to ship something physical. So I'm like, okay, I could give them a physical CD or DVD with these on it. And then I can go ahead and still send them an email with the digital download. That way they get that, but I'm still giving eBay what they want. So again, I'm conforming just like we do on Amazon. I'm conforming to eBay's rules, right? Because I wanted to use the platform. I did that and we were selling two, sometimes three, 
maybe even more, four or five a day, um, depending on the time of year. Around Christmas time or after Christmas, we would do better because people would get the software for Christmas and then they would want loops after the fact, right? So it wasn't necessarily a fourth quarter thing. It was more or less a first quarter thing and it was working really well. And I think, I haven't went back and looked in a long time, but I think we were probably doing... I probably would say we probably generated over $20,000 by selling those loops. Again, something I just created, threw up there, didn't do a, a lot of marketing behind it. Um, and to be honest with you, the thing kind of just fizzled out a little bit because the software started to change, the loops had to be con constructed a different way. So I just said, you know what, nah, I'm kind of done with it, I'm not going to go ahead and do it. So I kind of just lost interest in it and started focusing on my photography business and that type of stuff. But... Let me now bring you into the next part of this story, right? So I learned the eBay thing just by throwing something up. And I just want to really highlight this is I never would have known about GarageBand if I wasn't using it, right? So that opportunity of selling these GarageBand loops would have never even presented itself to me if I didn't pay attention to that. And if I didn't start seeing on eBay that people were selling stuff. So it got my interest and really kind of back up here. I'm thinking on the fly here. What got me interested in selling something like that was digital on there on, on eBay was I bought some, I believe it was Photoshop. Uh, I think it was templates on eBay and I'm like, holy crap. Someone just basically made these things in Photoshop and then they went ahead and did this. So I'm like, that's cool. So that's where I got the idea for the loops again, trying to retrace my steps as far as how it happened. But as you see guys, it, it all happens like just by things that you're doing and things that you're trying, it doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to work, but it definitely has the opportunity if you're looking at what you're currently interested in, right? Now, some of you may be interested in all these different things, and that's fine. Pay attention to those things and see if there's an opportunity there for you. Again, uh, I just looked and seen what I was doing, and I seen that other people were selling similar digital things on eBay. So I said, let me give it a shot. Did it. And it taught me a lot about eBay, by the way, as well. Titles, description, you know, all of that stuff, right? So I learned a lot. And I had to adapt to their, to their system. So now let's fast forward a little bit further. Started my photography business with my wife. We started getting a lot of requests for people asking, you know, do you know anybody that transfers eight millimeter film? I'm not talking about like the VHS or the, you know, the, uh, the eight millimeter that went into a, a video camera. I'm talking about like the reel to reel, like the stuff that our parents had in the, you know, in the forties, fifties, sixties, um, you know, in, in those, even in the seventies, you know, film transfers, Right. And we had some from my childhood too. And I think I had tried to transfer it at one time, long time ago, and it just came out okay. And you could hire companies to do this as well. Well, I started looking at, you know, a device that could do this so I could offer it to clients. Okay. Now again, brick and mortar business. My wife and I had a pretty successful, uh, you know, local photography business. You guys that have heard my whole story, if you haven't Go back to episode 125. You'll hear most of it there. I tried to give you a, a pretty good high-level view of what our journey looked like. I'm giving you a little bit more granular look today at some of the other things. But my customers were always saying like, you know, hey, Scott, you know, we're, we're trying to get these, you know, these films transferred or even slides. Remember the old slides that you used to put into like a little carousel? And then, you know, that was from our parents. Uh, and then they would, you know, one at a time, you'd see it up on a projector screen and then you'd advance to the next. Well, they wanted to put these in for weddings or they wanted to do it for maybe a funeral or they wanted to do it for all these different occasions. And I'm like, I don't have these resources, but I think I can probably figure it out. So 
I did. I figured it out and I'm like, okay, cool. There's these machines that you can buy out there and they were like two, $3,000 back then. And all it really was, was some guy that was taking a projector and modifying it so it could transfer the film and not going into all the details, but you know, it was really just a way for you to capture the image, uh, on the film. Like instead of just projecting on a screen and then filming it, it was more direct off the emulsion of the film strip. Okay. So it was a really better image. It was more high def, um, all that stuff, right? wasn't really high def. It was as high def as it could have been back then. Uh, I had like a $2,000, uh, it was the Canon, um, you know, like the little mini DV tapes, you know, really the, the last tapes that they had before they went to really digital stuff. Um, so that was the one I was transferring to, and it was the most, you know, the best quality of its time at that time, you know? So I was like, okay, cool. So now I got to figure out how to convert this projector. Now, remember I was in the construction business for years. I'm pretty handy. Uh, you know, sometimes I don't like to be because people know it. And then they're like, Hey Scott, can you help me fix this sink? And I'm like, nah, I kind of don't do that anymore. Uh, so I'm kind of retired on that, but, uh, you know, I'm pretty handy. I can reverse engineer, kind of look what's been done. And it wasn't really rocket science. It was just kind of like, take this thing out of here, add this thing, add a dimmer switch, like doing these different things. So I also had to figure out what projectors I could take that were old. These are old projectors and then I could refurbish them really and then modify them. It's like we were really kind of modifying them to, to be able to capture this film. Again, not to bore you with it, but just kind of giving you the details, right? So I did that. I bought one. I kind of stripped it down. I kind of figured it out. I did some tests. It worked really good. And I said, okay, cool. So what can I sell this for? Well, there was people on eBay right now doing similar, you know, very similar to what I was doing. And they were selling them between 1000 and 1500 So I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do, you know, like maybe a starting bid of like 497 497 bucks. And, uh... I went ahead and like the first time I did that, I had someone bid and I think I let it run for like seven days and it, it they bid up to like a thousand dollars. So I'm like, okay, so let's go ahead and do this. So now I made one and, and again, kind of to go back a little bit, I think it cost me maybe a hundred, maybe 150 bucks to mod it to after I got my parts and after I, after I bought the projector, sometimes a little less. Uh, and then my time was about probably about four hours to do the job and get it all done. Right. So I had about four hours in it and about 150 bucks, not too bad. So again, do the math thousand bucks, you know, let's just say, you know, $150, you know, yes, I put four hours into it, but I made over, you know, 800 bucks, uh, not too bad. Right. And a good little supplement to my business. Now, also what I did, and this kind of just is another part of the story, I was also then uh, offering this service to my customers. So now customers would come in and they'd say, do you know anybody who does eight millimeter film? And I was like, yeah, I do. And then I would take their film and I would transfer. So now that was another part of my business. Now you see how we started with a photography business. Actually, we started with a photography business. We then went... Um, we were doing everything under the sun just to get started. We soon found out we didn't like doing weddings, so we stopped doing those. We only started doing, after that fact, after we started figuring out what we liked, we, do, we were doing newborn photography, which my wife loved. Uh, we were doing family uh, portraiture. We were doing, uh, you know, uh, uh, let's see, first communions. We were doing senior pictures, you know, senior, like kids' senior pictures. Uh, and we were doing engagement shots, like that type of stuff. Like That's what we specialized in. But now, all of a sudden, we got people coming to us saying, do you transfer these old slides? Yes, we do. Okay. Well, what do you charge? We charge 50 cents a slide and they'd have sometimes, you know, 300, 400 slides to transfer. And we'd add additional upsells. Again, you guys know how upsells work. You know, we would add music, we'd add transitions, we'd all this stuff. Right. So again, 
this was part of my business, but I also seen that other people wanted to do this either for themselves for their videos or they wanted to use it as a business uh, onto their, their existing business. Do you see where I'm going with this? So now, all of a sudden, I've got my own business that I'm transferring films, and then I'm also selling the unit that I'm doing this with on eBay. And kind of to fast forward a little bit, I started selling these where I wasn't doing a bid system. I was doing it now buy now, like, you know, buy it now uh, price. There was no like bidding, and I was selling them between $897 and $997, depending on, on what I was feeling at the time. And I was selling a minimum of one a week, sometimes two, three a week. Okay. But now the problem came is that I had to build these things, right? So it was taking me. So I'd tell some people it would take sometimes four to five, six weeks before I can make it. And the problem that I found out after I started doing this too, is then you had, you know, operational, like manual type stuff that you had to give people or how to operate it. Right. So then I had to create a little video to show them how to use it. And then I had to show them, you know, like step-by-step into a little manual that I created. And again, it was all learning stuff, but I had to figure that out through that process. But again, just showing you that this was an opportunity that just came out of the out of the blue because people were asking me for it and I was aware of it. And then I started to piggyback on both sides of it, okay? And the the record of that year that I sold in one year for those projectors was over $40,000, okay? So $40,000 of projectors, that's 40 projectors that I sold in that one year, that first year that I did that. And I was also then starting to find out there was some customer service stuff that I needed to to. Uh, to uh, deal with, right? I had people calling me like, this thing is sticking. This isn't working. So then I started saying to myself, do I really want to keep doing this? I got to still keep buying the inventory as far as building these things. And again, as an entrepreneur, I started seeing other things. And that's where I said, okay, I'm still doing this and I'll do it, but it's going to be very, you know, much on my terms. But now my next thing was, okay, I started looking at selling my photography, you know, kind of like expertise online, showing people how to get started. And that's how I transitioned into that. So again, there's so much that goes into just seeing what's what's happening internally, like almost doing like an internal audit on like what people are asking you, depending on if you're in a business right now. Like if you're in a business right now, there's probably people asking you about certain things that you might not offer. Are those things that you can offer or are those things that you can create products and then sell them externally? Not even offer them maybe, but maybe it's externally you can now start offering them. So I just wanted to share that story in particular. Well, the garage band loop one, that's pretty good. The projector one, you know, $40,000 in 12 months, that's pretty good. Uh, You know, not bad for doing it on the side, right? And I was already running my photography business and my film transfer business. Now, and to let you guys know too, on the film transfer stuff, I was getting pretty big with that, that I was actually doing it for people that were charging uh, in their own storefront. So we had a place uh, near us uh, that was transferring film for people as a business and I was doing the work for them as like a subcontractor. So I wasn't even have to dealing with the customer. I was just taking the work. I'd go in once a week, week, I'd pick up the films, I'd transfer them, bring them back in a week, I'd get paid. Um, So I was doing that as well. So again, just to illustrate this guys, I've worked my butt off in a lot of different areas. Okay. Now these are the things that I've done that have kind of worked. There's been other ones that haven't worked right? There's been, there's been businesses that we've thought about starting and then started them and then said, nah, that's probably, not, I'm not really sure I want to do that. And the same thing happens with products. You might start a product and be like, eh, I'll, well, I'll tell you one right now. I f- used to flip houses, right? I did that a few times. Eh, not for me. Just wasn't for me. You know, I was in the construction business. I had a lot of connections. I just didn't like the responsibility of it. I made money at it, not a ton, but I made some money, but I soon found out I don't want to go down that road. Just don't want to. Does that mean that I won't ever invest in 
someone else that's doing that and maybe just give them some money and then have them, you know, just give me a percentage. Yeah, I might think about doing that. I know what it, how it works. I know what it takes, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to go down that road. So again, I just wanted to share that with you because some of you may be sitting on something right now that you aren't even aware of. You aren't even aware of it right now. And by me hopefully sharing this with you, you can start to be a little bit more aware and see that you might be sitting on something right now. A perfect example of this, again, is my microwave repairman, who I shared that recently on a past episode where, you know, I actually did a periscope on it uh, not too long ago, where my microwave repairman came in and I got talking to him and real smart guy. And, you know, he's in here trading hours for dollars, you know, and I asked him, I said, you know, like there's a lot of these parts that you're buying. Like I seen him come into my house. He, he bought the part on eBay, <laughs> which is kind of funny. And he takes that, you know, out of the package, no, no special packaging. And he tears it open. He throws in the part and sees if it works, right? That's it. That's what he does. And I asked him, I said, have you ever thought about selling parts? He goes, yeah, actually I do. I sell a couple parts. I make them myself. There's these, like these little, these little cable things. I don't even know what it is. A little transmitter thing. And he goes, yeah, I make it. I buy the parts in bulk and I make them and I sell them on eBay for like 13 bucks because I've been selling them for like two or three years. I think I've made like $20,000 on those. And I said, well, why don't you sell them on Amazon? And he goes, ah, I've been thinking about it, but they want you to have a UPC code and stuff like that. And the light bulb in my head went on. I'm like, maybe I should ask this guy if he wants to partner and maybe I could help him with the Amazon side of things, take a cut of the business. But you guys have heard me say too, I've got to start saying no to more um, things. And, uh, you know, because when I say yes, uh, it means I have to do more and I have more responsibility. And it's hard when you see the opportunities there. There's a ton of opportunity. Um, so I want you to ask yourself these four questions. And I want to walk these, uh, I want to walk you through these right now. Okay. So get ready. Okay. I want you to ask yourself these questions. You can ask yourself now or you can ask yourself later. Um, you can go back to the show notes. They'll be there for you as well. Uh, the episode of this one is 258. So theamazingseller.com forward slash 258. All right. So here's the question. Number one, what are you good at? Like right now, ask yourself, what are you good at? You might be saying, I'm not good at anything. You're good at something. And I'm going to tell you how you know if you're good at something. Do people ask you questions about something in particular? There's, there's got to be things that, you're, that your friends or your family or people you run into, they ask you about something. I know there is. So ask yourself that question. Like, what are you good at? Like, what do people go to you for? Do you find yourself answering questions to people that ask you these certain questions or maybe they call you up because they know you're the person that knows about this. You know, if you're in the heating and cooling business, I'm guaranteeing you're getting people at a party or maybe that know that you do it and they call you up and go, hey, I'm having a little problem here with my thing. It's making this certain noise. You know, do you know what that is? And then you answer the question. Well, you might want to look into heating and cooling parts. You might want to look into heating and cooling like help guides or eBooks or, you know, a way for people to, pick, uh, you know, a new heating and cooling unit or what happens, uh, what are the 10 most common things that are the reason why your air conditioning fails in the summer? Uh, you know, something like that. Right. And then there's parts that break down that are very small little parts that you could be offering. Right. And this is just one example, right? Maybe you're the best fisherman in your area. People ask you all the time. I'll give you an example. Again, this is coming right off the top of my head, guys. I was at a party over the weekend, and uh, there was a, a gentleman there that had us. He was the host of the party, and he had, oh gosh, he had like 12, 15 different fishing poles. He had like tackle boxes, like five tackle boxes, and I'm just getting back into the fishing. I got a little pond in my backyard, so I'm going starting to do a little bit more fishing, and I said to him, I said, hey, what's, you know, what's your uh, best tip on how to get uh, a largemouth bass on your hook? 
Like what kind of bait you using? I hear rubber worm. I, I'm hearing like, you know, maybe a spinner bait. Like, what are you? He goes, I, I'll tell you what I like. And he went through the whole thing and he was so excited about it. He was so passionate about it. But guess what? I can almost guarantee you. And actually, I know it. I can guarantee you he's not capitalizing on that knowledge. Okay. And you know what? Maybe he doesn't have the time to capitalize on it. But if you were me, that might be someone you can tap into. Because that person would love to talk about it. They would love to give you the information. And it comes so effortlessly, if I can talk here, right? So those are the people that you can help because they might not have the time, but they have the knowledge, right? And then you can piggyback off of that. Or maybe that's you. Maybe you're that person. Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, yes, Scott, I can help you catch that largemouth bass. I know all about that. Why aren't you looking into that market? Like, why aren't you looking at products there I'm, oh heck! I just went to I just went to the store the other day. I spent twenty dollars on four on four uh, lures, you know, for for fishing. I don't know anything about those things, right? But I know that people are buying them. I did, and guess what? I get it hung up in the tree. I lose it. I lost five bucks. I got to go back out and buy another one, and and they do it all day long. And, and five dollars is cheap. There's some of them are out there like ten, twelve bucks. Okay. So again, what are you good at? Ask yourself that question. All right. And and a way to find that out is what do people ask you questions about? You know, do you find yourself answering questions often? And if you do, you're good at that, okay? So number two, what are you interested in learning more about, okay? Like I said, I'm getting back into fishing, so I'm a little bit interested in that right now. If you know something about fishing, I'm gonna, you're going to have my ear. And we're, I'm going to be sitting there talking to you about fishing, okay? Because I want to learn more about fishing, okay? Now, I know I'm probably going to get a bunch of emails, people telling me that they're going to help me fish, <laughs> right? And that's cool right? Help me catch a largemouth bass. I'll take a picture of it and I'll give you credit. All right. I'm fishing in a pond, by the way, too. Um, I'm going to be getting back into golf. I haven't started yet. Haven't went down that route. I used to golf years ago with my father when, before I had kids. Then I kind of lost interest because I had the kids and, you know, I was taking on their, their uh, sports and stuff. But I'm getting ready to get back into it. I got a golf course really, really close. So, you know, is that something that you're interested in? Like, what are you interested in? Like, what's really getting you fired up? Like, what do you think about that you get excited about? Okay, so that's number two. What are you interested in learning more about? Okay, number three, what are your kids or friends' kids into right now? Right, I'll give you an example. My daughter just started piano. We just got a, a new piano. She just started piano lessons. That was a whole thing. We had to look at the different things about pianos. I learned a ton about pianos by researching what a good piano is, what's a good starter piano, all of that stuff, right? So maybe that's something that you're passionate about. Maybe you're a music teacher. You know, you got a lot of knowledge there. Volleyball, okay? That's what she's starting to. We signed her up for volleyball. That's what she wants to do. So now we're going to start learning a little bit more about volleyball. My other daughter played volleyball, but we haven't done it in a few years. We're going to get back into it. You know, we need accessories. We need to learn more about it. My other daughter, my older daughter, she's getting married. Well, that's a whole nother thing. You guys know that. So there's a whole market there, right? When there's people that are, you know, maybe you're going to meet people through that process. And then you can say, this person knows a lot about this, you know, about setting up, you know, the wedding or planning for the wedding. Maybe that's someone that you're going to be able to partner with, you know? Uh, and then my, my other example here is my son, you know, he's starting now to really get serious about working out, which I'm, I'm really excited about cause I'm, I got a pretty good passion for that and, uh, and he's getting really into that. So I get to kind of talk to him about that stuff and he's actually doing some research himself and he's coming back with some information. Um, he's also really into basketball, um, cause that's what he's, you know, going to wanting to go to college and play and he wants to, you know, obviously expand his career there or, you know, make his career go a little bit longer.
longer by playing, uh, you know, college basketball. So those are two big things that he's into. So again, I'm into it now, right? Because I have to be, he's my kid, right? So I've got piano, I've got volleyball, I got my daughter's getting married, I got my son's working out more, he's playing basketball. That's just a few, just throwing a few out there. I got a bunch more stuff that's going on in my life, right? So again, like what are your kids or your friends' kids into right now? Okay. Again, it's a way that we can discover products and markets. Okay. Or markets and products. All right. Now the fourth one, do you have friends or neighbors who have a skill that could help you launch a product? Whether it's just you hearing about it and going, Hmm, I'm going to look into that. And then you go and you do a little bit of research. You fire up jungle scout and you start digging into this thing, right? You never would have known it if you didn't know that your neighbor was talking about this certain thing. And I got a, I got an example here in a minute that I'm going to share with you on how this just happened. It's actually happened multiple times since I've moved, which is crazy, right? So ask yourself, do you have friends or neighbors that have a skill that could help you launch a product? You know, and if not right now, you might discover that. And when you do, you're going to be prepared now because you're going to go, huh, Scott just reminded me of that. Episode 258. Scott taught me that. So that's what I want to do here for you guys. I want you just to be more aware. So many people say, Scott, I can't, I can't find a product or I can't find a market. This is a way to really see that I started with GarageBand loops. I sold projectors. I also turned that into a side business in my photography business. I learned that my, my microwave repairman made $20,000 on a little part that he makes from eBay. So it's everywhere. Like the opportunities are there. You just can't go after the next silicone, uh, you know, gloves for the, for the grill or the spatula, right? You can't, you can't do that. That's, that's, that's the quickest way to fail. Um, not saying you can't do it and maybe make some sales, but it's going to be a hard, hard road. All right. So people say, Scott, is Amazon too saturated? Is it too late? It's not too late. You just have to find the market and then the products that serve the market. And this is a great way to do that. All right. And understand too that just by you launching products is also going to help you learn through the process. If I never would have launched the GarageBand loops, I never would have understood that there was a possibility of me selling products online, digitally and physically, because I did both of them with the loops. And the same thing with a physical product with selling a projector, a used projector that I modified, that I made to, to transfer eight millimeter film was able to generate $40,000 in revenue in 12 months. And a lot of that was profit because I only paid $150 per unit, right? And a little bit of an eBay fee, right? 12 months, okay? And that's going back before Amazon was even, I I think even around. It might've been around, but it wasn't like it is now. Uh, So again, those things led me to where I am now, right? And and it, it also opened up my eyes to other possibilities, All right. So I want to give you guys some other things to think about, some little bonus tips here. All right. Now, when you meet new people, be very, very aware. Be be aware. Be a good listener. Don't just sit there and talk about yourself. I know we all like to talk about ourselves, but you know, try to listen and, and really understand what they're good at. And it's a possible partnership for you, or even just an idea for you. Okay. Now. Again, I want to give you just a really, really quick story on this. My, I've got a few new neighbors, right? And luckily, they're all great as of right now, right? Everything's great, all right? Now, one neighbor, a uh, really smart woman, my wife just went for a walk with her the other day. And she's like, uh, you know, Scott, 
she is, she's so smart. Like she, you would never, not that she acts like she's not smart. She just doesn't make you feel like she's smarter than you. You know how, have you ever been with someone and you're like, they're really smart. They're intelligent. They're probably more intelligent than me, but they don't make me feel like they're smarter than me. Have you ever felt like that? And, and so she's like, you know, she's just so down to earth because she's just so normal, but yet she doesn't make you feel that way. She goes, but she's got some really good ideas. She's got this one idea that she wants, she's actually been wanting to do because she had a problem with this, with this condition. And she made, she took something that was already selling and she modified it and it works so much better. But guess what? She has no idea how to launch that product. She has no idea about FBA private labeling. She has no idea. She thinks she's going to have to make these things by hand and then sell one at a time, which she's already done a few through people that have asked for them, right? But she has no idea that she could then have someone make these and pack them and then she can ship them into Amazon. Like no idea. And when my wife was talking to her about this, she was just blown away and so excited, which, you know, who wouldn't be, right? Because she definitely, she has something that is, it's, it's like a cure in a sense uh, to, to a problem. And I don't want to give it away, but she has something that, that totally could work for a lot of people. All right. And she, all it is, is a modification to a product and she's very knowledgeable about it. So she could be the spokesperson for it. So again, you know, thinking to myself, hmm, could be an opportunity, but again, Scott, is it a, is it a hell yes? Or is it a, hmm, I can't really right now cause I don't have the time, but I could guide her a little bit. Um, not sure yet where we're going to be there. I've got some ideas, but again, Never would have known this if my wife didn't go on that walk and start learning more about her and, and hearing about this stuff, right? So another example is uh, one of our, our uh, friends here that actually was one of our friends before we moved here. We met her through the move, uh, another long story, but now you know we're really good friends with her, but we didn't realize it either. She's got a really, really popular blog with an email list and everything, but she had no idea about selling on Amazon or her own product. She was just really affiliate marketing, like, you know, just basically having ads displayed on her blog, making a little bit of money there. And then when I started talking to her about what she could do, boom, she's just like so excited. And then I started drilling down, like, what are you really passionate about? Like, what is your, what is your wheelhouse? And then she started talking about the one thing that she wished that she could do. And I said, well, you can do it. And uh, she's in the process right now of launching a product on Amazon. So again, never would have happened if we didn't have that conversation and we didn't talk and, you know, we, we got to really figure out where her strength was. And I never would have thought about that market because it wasn't, I wasn't into it. Right. And the last one is today actually just happened this morning. My wife went on another walk with a neighbor. It's funny. My wife's got like, you know, a bunch of walking buddies now, which is really cool. And I'm so happy for her. So it's awesome. Um, but she met this, uh, you know, lady the other day at the pool and then they said, well, let's take a walk together. And they took a walk and, uh, Come to find out, you know, her husband's, I guess, an entrepreneur, works from home, kind of similar to me. I think he does a little bit of podcasting. So him and I are going to meet up here eventually. And that ought to be pretty fun because we've got a lot in common. Um, it'd be kind of interesting to see where that can go. Uh, so pretty exciting. But also she's a dietitian. She's a fitness fanatic. And she's talked about, you know, like I just put stuff on up on Instagram just to kind of hold myself accountable and stuff. And I've done some private consulting with dietitian type stuff. But just not really, I've got kids right now. I'm not really looking to get into that stuff um, right now because I just don't have the time. But boom, light bulb went on for me. I'm like dietitian, a fitness person, who knows? Maybe she'd come up with her own supplement. Maybe she'd come up with her own fitness program. Like who knows, right? But again, it's a resource that's there that I could either help or I could get inspired by. 
but I wouldn't know this if my wife didn't have that conversation with her and listened. And now my wife is a lot like me where we see opportunity because we've been through this so many times, right? So just be aware and, and be willing and wanting to meet new people and, and listen to the people that you've already been associated with because you just never, you never know. Uh, it's so important. So here's what I want you to do. Okay. I want you to go through those four questions. Okay. Really quickly. I'm going to go ahead and read them again to you really quick. Okay. So number one, what are you good at? Two, what are you interested in learning more about? Three, what are your kids or friends' kids into right now? And four, do you have friends or neighbors who have a skill that could help you launch a product? Ask yourself those four questions. Again, these will be on the show notes. The transcripts will be there as well, theamazingseller.com forward slash 258. Um, Definitely go check them out. And the last thing that I would say is do an internal audit of your own interests and connections and see if there's a partnership opportunity there. Just do that. Like, really sit down. Pad paper. Again, guys, you, you hear me talk about this a lot. Pad and paper is like my ultimate tool. Like, sit down, no phone, and just brain dump. Like, dump it down on paper, okay? If you put it down on paper, you have a lot less chance of losing it than if you put it in some type of text doc somewhere, right? Put it on a pad and paper, write it down, and uh, and you'll be surprised. So do an internal audit of your own interests and connections and see if there's any partnership opportunities. Again, you can take those three or four questions that I gave you, write them down as well, and just start writing out, okay? And you'll be amazed at what you can do. And just understand that when you find something, whether it's a home run, a single, a bunt, you know, or even a strikeout, you're going to learn through the process, all right? Because if you don't actually do something, you'll never learn something, okay? So just try to remember that, all right? So do that internal audit. Um, now, again, I've done this multiple times, and every time I go back, I'm like, wow, that's pretty interesting how that all kind of tied together. I mean, garage band loops, right? Who would have thought, right? I never would have did that if I wasn't into music, right? The projectors, I never would have did that if I didn't get the questions from people asking me to do the job and then me researching a tool or a, a projector to do the transfer and then seeing, oh my gosh, there's people buying these for, for $1,500 or $2,000. Maybe I could make them and sell them because there's nothing really being done in a factory. These are like done like by hand. Um, so I, I took advantage of that opportunity and it added a little bit of revenue to our bottom line for those years that I did that, okay? Now, I want you to just, again, understand that the information that you learn through this process is knowledge, okay? And that knowledge will help you forever, okay? Forever. Understand that. Yes, you might not be getting paid today, but once you learn that information, like me right now, let's say I take one of my neighbors up on one of their, one of their strengths and we create this product brand and I'm like 50% ownership of this thing now. Would I ever been able to do that if I didn't already have my experience up till now? Or maybe I'm just going to coach people. Maybe I'm just going to say, you know what? I'm just going to charge people to advise them and give them a clear path on what they can do with their knowledge, right? And each person that I just talked about, I could clearly do that. I got three people right now that I could lay out a plan for them and say, there's the plan. Now go get it done, right? And if you do that plan, you've got a really good chance of succeeding because it's everything that I've done in the past. I've learned through the experience. I understand what it takes. So that's knowledge. You can have that same knowledge, which you kind of have it already right now because you're listening to this podcast and a lot of you have been listening to for a very long time. So you have a lot more knowledge than a lot of people out there in this space. 
not just Amazon. I'm talking like building a brand and a business kind of mindset, whether it's digital product, whether it's physical product. All right. And you guys can see how fired up I get about this stuff because people complain there's not enough opportunity out there and there's more than enough opportunity. Sometimes there's more. A lot of times for me, there's too much because, because there's so many different things I can do. And it's, it's where you got to say time out. What is a hell yes? And what is a no? right? You got to stick with the hell yeses or else you're going to get sidetracked. That's another topic, okay? But just understand, everything that I just went through here, if you go through this, you might want to listen to this a couple times. You definitely want to probably download the transcripts uh, because there's a lot of, to me, useful information here that you can use that will benefit you for years, okay? Not just like launch a product and you're done, okay? So if you guys want to know more about the product research side of things. Now, if you guys are brand new, you might not have already heard those episodes. That's episode 161 and 56, and you can either get them on the show notes or you can go to the direct link of theamazingseller.com forward slash 161 or theamazingseller.com forward slash 56. And the reason why I point that out is because once you hear something of an idea, you might want to then run home Get on your computer, fire up Google Chrome, go to Amazon, and then type in the product and then or a product similar to it, and then run a Jungle Scout search and see if there's any depth or demand there right now. And in those two episodes, that's what I go through. It's kind of like finding the depth and demand. But first off, you got to get the idea. You got to get the inspiration, right? So um, yeah. So hopefully, guys, you enjoyed this. I know I went a little bit on a tangent there. But I'm really, really passionate about this. And I think by you seeing kind of the path that I've gone down and so many others have, if you retrace people's steps of where they started from years ago to where they are now, there's no overnight success. It's kind of like it it landed them from one place to the other because they did something and they learned something and then they adapted to another marketplace or another opportunity. All right. So I just wanted to, again, share this with you. Hopefully it's been beneficial to you. Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you're inspired. Hopefully you're motivated and hopefully you're ready to get out there and do something and listen. And, uh, and if you do, let me know about it. All right. I want to hear. All right, guys. So that is it. That is going to wrap up this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you're going to go out there and do something and just remember I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you. You have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud. I can't do it for you. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.